This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Cory Booker is a three-term United States Senator from New Jersey. He's a former mayor of Newark. Senator, welcome back. Uh, thank you very much. Small correction. Uh, I've been in the Senate for eight years. You make me sound like I'm an 18-year guy. <laughs> see, see, and that's that's how I'm doing the math. You were 13 was the first term, then 14, and then right, 20. I'd like, so, like to yeah. finish a small amount of one year of Lautenberg's term. I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to readjust my math. I'll do that for you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Senator, Justice Stephen Breyer has announced his retirement. That leaves President Biden with a, a small window of time to fill this seat between the uh, now and the midterm elections. I mean, Senator, were, was there a part of you that was a little relieved to see the retirement right now rather than risk Democrats having less control in the Senate in the future? No, I mean, that wasn't my focus at all. I, I I had a sense it was going to happen, and it did. And I was with the president last night, in fact, um, with the rest of the Judiciary Committee, him and the vice president, discussing what was clear that the president takes this as a, I would even say, a sacred responsibility. Remember, he was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. He's been through these processes from many different sort of perspectives as a vice president, as a uh, chairman of the committee, Judiciary Committee, and now as president of the United States. So, I'm grateful that he has the right focus and the right emphasis on the process, and I think it's going to have a tremendous outcome when he ultimately nominates someone for the court. You know, this week I I listened to a recording from the LBJ Library. It was a it was a phone call between President Johnson and Governor Richard Hughes, 1964. I, I guess that makes me that means I'm, I am actually a bigger nerd than you are, at least on, on the, <laughs> when it when it comes to these things. But but. This call was from three weeks before the Democratic convention. LBJ wanted to know the governor's thoughts on running mates. So does, does President Biden do this? Does he does he solicit recommendations from senators on who they'd like to see him pick? He explicitly asked members to share with him if they had any names for consideration. Yeah, we're, so we're just asked. Yeah. Excuse me. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, so he, he explicitly asked for people to give names. I know the people in the White House counsel's office. I know his leadership team. I, I trust that they are um, evaluating uh, dozens and dozens of candidates. And so I, I, I did not submit any names uh, specifically, but talk to them more about values. And, um, you know, we need we need a lot of faith to be restored into our, our, our court system and Somebody that could come in that could be a uniter and has integrity, not to mention just mastery of the law and judicial temperament necessary to to really be a great uh, judge on the Supreme Court. What do you think the temperature is in the United States Senate? You are on the Judiciary Committee uh, for for moving this nomination along without without any games or, or, or hoopla. Uh, look, I I anticipate that that these are really very important, high-consequence positions. And so I know my colleagues on both sides of the aisle and the Judiciary Committee, everybody's going to do their homework, and I'm sure will come with their particular perspective. So this is not easy. Elections for president are not easy. Confirmations for Supreme court justices are not easy. I would even say Senate seats, uh, those campaigns are never easy. These are important things, and they're understandably 
or different views, but I, I have a lot of confidence that the president's nominee will be confirmed uh, and will be will be a great jurist that history will look back on uh, with pride. And, and Senator, I'm speaking with United States Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, uh, who's been in the United States Senate for eight years. Uh, assuming the president names a black woman to the court, that is, that is what he has indicated. Uh, this would be the first uh, black Democratic justice since Thurgood Marshall. So, Senator, what do you imagine it might feel like for you to cast that vote in the United States Senate? Well, it'll be yet another moment that New Jersey's afforded me that will be deeply moving. There, there have been 115 Supreme Court justices in the history of the United States, 115, and 107 of them have been white men. And we know, I mean, Harvard Business School, study after study, big consulting firms like McKinsey, just tell the simple truth that diverse teams are better teams, more successful teams, people with diverse backgrounds, different lived experiences. But we have had shaping the most consequential body, perhaps for our culture or for our laws, um, to be dominated by a, a narrow band of the diversity of our country, gender diversity, religious diversity, racial diversity. And so this is an important moment for all of us to get new perspectives on the court that just have never been there before. And this is a powerful moment. And to be on the Senate floor again and to be able to cast such a consequential vote, um, it's going to be really a meaningful moment in my life. And I'm just, again, grateful to New Jersey for affording it to me. And Senator Joe Biden's job approval numbers, I mean, they're 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 not good right now. He's he's upside down. I, I saw a CNN poll this week. It was it was 42 approved, 57 disapproved. And that is that's not uh, uh, that that's fairly typical for a president going into their first midterms. I mean, may, maybe not at 57, but but presidents usually take a little while to ramp up. But why isn't Joe Biden more popular with Americans right now? I, I, you know, look, it is not hard to, to, it's not easy to lead through crisis. Joe Biden has taken a crisis we haven't seen in this country in a century, a global pandemic. Just 13 months ago, we were losing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jobs a month. But there wasn't one needle, one person that had received the vaccine in the entire country. Businesses were going out of business left and right. Schools were closed and hospitals were overrun. And he has stood in the saddle, made tough calls, but gotten 70 plus percent of our population uh, vaccinated, gotten schools back open all across the country. Not only did he get our economy out of the ditch, but created, got more jobs back. If you just add the job numbers, six to seven million jobs, more than every Republican president before him combined. And then just by the way, just for kicks, he passes the biggest infrastructure bill our roads and our bridges and our broadband, then a bigger infrastructure package than any president in history of America that's going to create millions and millions of more jobs. So I, I don't think the president last night looked like somebody who was concerned about his approval rating. What he wanted to talk to about what he swore an oath to do, which is to serve the American public. Because you and I are both students of history. We know other presidents. There's a guy named Ronald Reagan, who in was suffering horrible numbers in his first year and a half. He was. He was. So, so I think the best politics for the president is to keep doing good things for the people. And 
I mean, you're you're in Washington every week, Senator Booker. I mean, you. So I don't have to tell you. You know, no matter what side you're on, things things aren't great. I mean, Democrats are are having trouble keeping Joe Manchin and and and, and Kristen Cinema on the reservation. I mean, Republicans are eating their young these days, censoring Liz Cheney, Marjorie Taylor Greene, thinking maybe Kevin McCarthy's not conservative enough. How worried are you about the future of this country and the ability to to get everything back on track? Well, I have faith in America. I really do. We are a country that has seen difficult times before, and at the end of the day, I have faith in us. But I'm not. That's not to say that I don't. I discount or don't worry right now about the levels of contempt Americans have for other Americans. Forget our politics. Just we're seeing more and more tribalism and rancor and uh, even just bad signs, levels of hate crimes going up, violence and violent threats against judges going up four or fivefold against elected leaders at every level, school board members. We have to understand that the thing that best advances America and helps us in times of crisis or to do things from beat the Nazis to go to the moon is our ability to come together, work together to understand that we are one nation under God and that we need to be more indivisible. So you know this, I ran a presidential campaign with that as my theme, and I still still see it as one of the missions I have in Washington because I do work across the aisle. I do have real friends, and I'm trying to do my best to deliver for New Jersey in bipartisan ways, and I'm proud that we've, my team has got a lot of wins and to show that it's possible. But all of us have to take a responsibility. We can't just point fingers at somebody of a different party and not take responsibility ourselves to exhibiting the grace, reaching out to people, finding common cause and common ground. And, and I'm speaking with Cory Booker, U.S. Senator from New Jersey. I, 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 I want to ask you about the Ukraine. And, and, and just to be clear and, and completely transparent with our listeners, we – uh, Senator Booker and I are recording this interview on Friday for Saturday's show, so I know that the situation is is changing by the moment. But, but Senator, we've we've seen these satellite images this week. It shows Russia's positioning of troops, military equipment, different positions around Ukraine. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Look, we are we are in a crisis right now. I've, I've been to not just to Ukraine, but to eastern Ukraine, the Donbass region that is most in crisis, met with military leaders, seeing the sense of desire, fierce desire to preserve themselves as a free democracy. And it's a crisis. We know that the State Department is warning about the possibility of an imminent attack. And this could be one of the greatest conflicts on in Europe since maybe Bosnia or even the last world war, we don't know what this could trigger in terms of an escalation. I'm, I'm grateful that we're seeing bipartisan support. My senior Senator Bob Menendez and his ranking Republican member, uh, Senator Risch, are taking real steps to keep our Congress together in support of the president's efforts uh, to deter the Russians uh, uh, from taking uh, any kind of action threatening historic levels of sanctions. I, I respect the way our president has been able to unite the European Union and in particular NATO countries uh, to join us in that fierce stand um, uh, uh, of threatening real consequences uh, so that Putin has a lot of good reasons not to take those steps. But 
we can't fool ourselves. Putin has invaded Georgia. He's taken the Crimea. He has shown uh, consistent efforts to uh, expand the reach of his authoritarian regime. And uh, we are in a dangerous position right now. And again, I'm working with my colleagues to do everything we can to avoid uh, this kind of conflict and this kind of bloodshed. And, and Senator, I mean, we're, I, before we run out of time, I want to ask you about a, a national issue that I know is of, of important to you and uh, importance to you, and that's that's food security. You uh, you worked on this when you were mayor, and last year you switched to the Senate Agriculture Committee. That is that is not a, an assignment a Jersey guy usually wants, but but you sought that out because you wanted to work on food security issues. Uh, how is that going? How is that committee assignment going for you? You know, it's important for our state. Most people don't realize one of our top five industries is agriculture, from blueberries to cranberries uh, to eggplants. And more than that, I, I live in Newark, New Jersey, and I see, I think what a lot of parents and families don't understand is that there's great availability to highly processed, empty nutrition foods, uh, but not enough access to healthy quality uh, foods and produce. You walk into a corner grocery store and a Twinkie product is cheaper than an apple because we we subsidize everything in that Twinkie and don't subsidize the apple. Only 2% of our agricultural subsidies go to fruits and vegetables, which we are told we should eat the majority of in our diet. We're surrounded by fast food restaurants who, again, benefit from all kind of ag subsidies. And as a result, half of Americans now, it's astounding, have diabetes or prediabetes. And so we have a broken food system. Farmers are suffering, going out of business uh, at astonishing rates, three times the suicide rates um, uh, as big corporations begin to consolidate our food industry in almost monopolistic fashion. It's hurting our environment. It's doing torturous things to animals as we raise livestock in a way that would be seen as a perversion to our ancestors just two or three generations ago. We, we, we are suffering with climate change crises, and even as we're in a pandemic, people don't realize this, but medical scientists all across the world say the biggest, one of the biggest threats to humanity is antibiotic-resistant strains that are being virtually bred in the way we use half of our antibiotics to raise animals before they get sick. We just inject them, and tens of thousands of Americans die every year to these antibiotic-resistant strains. So we have real crises in our food system, and I'm proud to, that New Jersey has given me the chance to be one of the disruptors in this space and to begin to demand change for our health, for our families, for the economic well-being of food workers and, and family farmers, for our environment, for our ecology, and even uh, to, so that we're raising animals in the ways that we imagine they're being raised in more humane conditions. And I'm speaking with Senator Booker. You you. You're talking about the importance of agriculture in New Jersey, and 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 I I've stuck pretty much to policy on this, but you you know me, so you know I have to I have to do a, a political question. Uh, there is there's speculation again that you might run for governor of New Jersey in 2025. Is is that something you might consider? Uh, no, I'm focused on on the job I have, and I'm focused on running for re-election. Gosh, it seems so far from now because I just got reelected, but in 2026. And I, I, we just reelected a governor. I, I'm giving my full support to him in the second term to partnering with him. I was with him today here in Newark, New Jersey, vice presidential visit to celebrate what? That we, faster than any other place in America, got every single lead 
pipe out of the ground leading into uh, places where families and or multifamily units or children live. And so this was something we all did together with a lot of credit to the local leaders here in Newark. And I just love my job that I can actually do things that produce real results that affect lives. I've got a great job, and I thank New Jersey every day for giving me the chance to do it. U.S. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, it is, I mean, it is always a pleasure to speak to you, and, and thank you for coming on again. Thank you for having me. All the best to you. You too. Thank you.